Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. And radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The reverberations of the cancellation of fall football 2020 
sound loud and wide. It is Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Happy to uh, have you all around. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for letting us ride along with you. If you want to call, give us a shout. 361-3688, 361-3688. We will take your calls throughout the course of the day today. So if you want to get in here, talk about the uh, topics of conversation that we have going on. Obviously, uh, coming out of the Friday announcement that the Big Sky season is being postponed to the spring, uh, at least for the time being, and uh, get into a few other things as well. 361-3688, that phone number you can text that number as well and uh you know get through to us that way if you don't feel like getting out there in front of the public i understand that's fine 361-3688 all guests join us via the rangage brothers rv phone line if you'd like to listen live you go to our website 1029espn.com you listen live on the stream all the time the stream is available thanks to our friends at opportunity bank opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity in the show today plenty to get to we are going to hear uh from jeff choate the head coach of the montana state bobcat football team uh he did a zoom uh press conference uh today in fact just just wrapped up a little while ago so we excised a little bit of sound from that as much as we could uh, prior to this we may have some more of that for you tomorrow we also were pushed up against the 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 time buffer it is something to do a live show isn't it Coulter you know you can't just podcast everything for crying out loud sometimes you got to get out there and do it uh anyhow uh we didn't we had a little bit more from Bobby Houck that we wanted to share with you and also we did not hear from uh Sammy Kem or Jace Lewis uh, who were both at the press conference on Friday and so we wanted to bring you sound from both of those guys, get a little bit of a player's perspective on this, which I think is, um, well, I think it's not being listened. It's being listened to more and more, but maybe not as much as it should be in a lot of these cases. Uh, these guys given a chance here to talk and uh, and kind of give their perspective on it, so it's good. So we'll get into that. We uh, will also get into what happened over the weekend, the PGA Championship, the the shot, the silent shot, heard all around the world by Colin Marikawa, where you and I were just... We were scream texting at each other in amazement at the uh, at the shot when it happened, and it was you just knew. Like, well, that that is the tournament major championship winner right there. Bang! Driver to seven feet on a par four. Get out of here. Twenty three. It's twenty three. This kid, come on! Shout out, Colin Marikawa, champ, uh, 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 a major champion. We also have a championship in baseball. How about that? After it's all said, you know, after all the everything, all the moving parts, all the problems, all the trying to figure it out, State of Montana had Legion baseball, but not Legion baseball, but State of Montana baseball uh, that was the Legion teams in, uh, they had their state AA and A championships over the weekend. We'll get to that. And maybe we'll get into a little bit of basketball. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of uh, football in the Power 5 level. And You can't probably see it if you're watching at home, but we are going to get into what has happened to Coulter's head. This, this, I'm I'm not happy that it happened. I wish no ill to my friends, but man, this is going to be great radio, the bottom of the next hour. I just don't know how you can really elaborate on it much more than just what it is, but... uh, I could do, I could do, as I sit here with no commercials and without drinking water, six hours on this event. Six hours, I could do it. Let's go. Let's save all have this for Lady in we, the Week. No, we don't. We have, got nothing else to talk about we, until March. No, so I mean, no, no it's let's fresh. Just roll. It's fresh now. It's well, it fresh is fresh. Now. My head is pounding. <laughs> it doesn't hurt as bad as the bottom of the Flathead Lake. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
So uh, let's get to some sound here uh, right away. I uh, want to play uh, uh, first a little bit from Bobby Houck. Uh, he, uh, you know, of course, was at the press conference along with Sammy Akim, uh, Jace Lewis, and Kent Haslam on Friday, which was the, the announcement and then the follow-up press conference uh, about the postponement of uh, football to the spring of 2021. And so you asked, uh, I thought, a really good question about What's what's going on now? Yes, you have something to say. In breaking news, the Mountain West postpones fall sports. So that means the Mountain West and the um, MAC, two group of five conferences, officially to the spring. Put it on the COVID scoreboard. It's just impactful because, as we know, that there was the Ken Haslam, University of Montana athletic director, confirmed to us on Friday, no games this fall for University of Montana. Period. Not happening. Not playing games. Mm-hmm. Montana State left the door open uh, in terms of perhaps playing a game in the fall. The Dixie State game has not officially been canceled for the Bobcats. But there's several schools in the Big Sky Conference, namely the Idaho schools, that have Mountain West games on the docket. So the Mountain West delaying this, I think, then means that those games would be go by the wayside. So then further probably pushing it down the road. But I, I, just, I think it's going to be interesting because the non-conference games that the Big Sky teams could explore playing in the fall – would be about one thing and one thing alone. Money to try to subsidize your budget. Mm-hmm. So losing those games, you know, Mountain West games are obviously going to be about half of what you get paid for a Power 5 game, mm-hmm. but you're still going to get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it. So that is a, a uh, economic revenue downfall for the Big Sky Conference. Right, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, all right, so here we go. Bobby Houck, uh, you asked him just about, you know, what, what, you know, there's no football, and officially, like you said, there's no football at all of any sort for the University of Montana. That's confirmed uh, for uh, for the rest of this calendar year. So what do you do now? Where are we at now? So here you go. Bobby, from a logistics standpoint, will you continue to practice? Is there a way to transition this into sort of a pseudo spring ball in the fall or how, how will the operation immediately work? Yeah, well, as, as Kent mentioned, we don't know exactly. We're making some assumptions on what we'll be able to do this fall. Um, there are a lot of paths or potential paths in front of us. Uh, we have no idea which one we're going to be designated to take at this point. Uh, that'll evolve. Uh, we're not, we could practice today. We're not going to. Like I said, we had a we had a tremendous summer. Um, we're ready to go. Uh, at this point in time, in any given year, you're you get to August, you're you're preparing for the first game. And I mean, our guys are in shape. They've been working, so I didn't see the uh, uh, the great value in going out there and and trying to get ready for an unknown opponent. I mean, for the first time in my life, I don't know who the next opponent is at any point in time. So, um, but I told them this morning, as I said, hey, none of you guys and your, none of you coaches in your adult life and none of you players in your college career have ever had a day off in August. So go enjoy some summer for a week and then we'll be back. School's going to start in a week and we'll uh, we'll get back on it. So there you go. And and I mean, the, the, the short, the long and short of that is they had, they'll have this week off, basically, the football team. And then everybody's coming back for school uh, right on the 17th. School still started uh, scheduled to, to well, A week from today, correct? Yeah, yeah, right, right, next Monday. Uh, and See, then, I knew what day it was. I know the date today. Man, 
It's because it's my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Hey. Wouldn't be sitting here without you. Happy birthday, Suzanne. That's fantastic. I'm we have to we have to say happy birthday because I, th- I think that we can both agree. I think the two most loyal listeners of this show are our mothers. There is no question. <laughs> they listen more than us, and we no are question. here. No question. No question. Oh, she, yeah, oh, yeah. They'll be like, do you remember what Ryan said? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise you, Ryan doesn't remember what Ryan said either. Uh, okay, uh, so there you go. Uh, also wanted to play some sound. This is just kind of all sort of strung together for you, but it's a couple different questions and answers uh, with Sammy Akem and Jace Lewis. Yes. Before we get into this, the player sound, I do want to yeah. uh, extrapolate a little bit on the point that Coach Houck just made there. The, the college football calendar now, as we know, college football is now absolutely a year-round sport. I thought former Montana State senior Derek Marks, who was captain for the Bobcats last year, he came on our show uh, early on, we were kind of catching up with the the recent seniors for both the Cats and the Grizz yep. early on during this COVID thing. And uh, uh, I thought Marks said it best. He said, hey, you know, in college football, we practice. He's like, I've practiced hundreds of times to play a whopping total of 45 games, you know, right. in my whole Which is a huge career. number. Which is a huge <laughs> number, right? I mean, he was a four-year starter. But, right. but still, you know, like he said, you have to love the grind because – Eighty percent of what you're doing is practicing. Yeah, yeah. But we've seen, uh, like at the top level of college football, one thing Nick Saban has been sort of the the spearhead of the other coaches are kind of taking, um, taking this blueprint is playing your number one non-conference game the first game of the year, right? So that you know you're coming out of the national championship if you're Alabama. You just won the national championship. Okay, how do we find motivation to avoid complacency? We just won our fifth national championship in nine years. How, how do we keep this thing rolling? Well, we got number three, Florida State, coming to Tuscaloosa. Strap it up, boys. We got to get ready for Florida State. And you see the videos of Nick Saban's they produce. And, you know, get ready for Florida State. Get ready for DeAndre Francois or whoever it might be. And other schools have started to do that a little bit, too. I mean, LSU's been pretty good about playing powerhouse openers. Auburn, you know, played Oregon a year ago. Yeah. And... So I thought Bobby Houck's comment was interesting, though, because it doesn't matter who you play or what the message is. There's always a message that gets you through. Like last year for the Bobcats, their whole never again. You know, we got to went to North Coast State, we got blown out, and uh, you know, unfortunately for them, they get, went to North Coast State, got blown out this year again. But that was the whole thing. We're going to get one step farther. Bobby Houck's whole thing. You know, we were. He, he said multiple times this off season about his Montana Grizzlies that. Last year was a year with unfulfilled expectations. You know, broadly, you could say, oh, they won 10 games for the first time in a long time, made the playoffs, made a run to the quarterfinals. But internally, you know, Coach Houck thought if they were fully healthy, if they had Dalton Sneed at full go, Sammy Kim at full go, you know, everybody was, you know, the cover was fully stacked. He, everything he said, both implica- implication-wise as well as just directly saying it, they thought they could make a run at the whole shooting match. They thought they could they win a national title. So I think within the program, that level of expectation has returned. I'm so interested to see the mindset of the players mm. because no matter what program you've been a part of, if you're a kid that's in college football right now, you've probably leaned on the side of optimism all the way until the hammer finally dropped. Yeah. We're going to figure out a way to play. Now you're not. So how do you get through if it's some sort of an abbreviated fall ball or you roll into winter conditioning or winter conditioning is different than what it usually is? It's not the doldrums of winter where you're waking up at 6 in the morning in January. It's going to take a definitive adjustment, especially for the guys that have been in college football before. For freshmen, I actually think freshmen have a, a, a huge advantage in this situation because mm-hmm. they've never dove into a fall camp. They've never navigated a spring ball. They've never navigated a winter condo. 
But if you're a guy, and on the other side, the seniors, they want their last shot. But everybody in between, that's going to be the the group that mentally has to figure this out. Because say you're going into your fourth, you're, you're going to be a fourth year junior. You're Robbie Houck, for example, from Montana. You are into the routine. You, you, you've completed your fourth winter condo. You were, you were excited for your, your fourth spring, but then that got cut short, but now we're plugging up towards fall camp. How do you readjust your mental and physical clock mm. to adjust to get ready for what comes next? That's the other part is we talk about it, especially in track and field, peaking at the right time. College football is so much about that too. There's a definitive way that you work out in the winter that's different than the way you work out in the spring. Yeah. That's different than the way you work out in the summer. And all three phases leads you to being in your absolute best shape the day fall camp starts. How do you carry that through? I'm not really sure. I think there's some ways you can make it into an advantage because you could probably lift harder now during this phase than you ever have before. Yeah. But also, it's going to take a definitive adjustment, not just for the players, but for the coaches as well. And I think that's one of the main storylines coming out of this is how do creatures of habit adjust to a brand new, basically, football calendar? Sutel Nuanis, 102.9 ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. All right, let's hear from a couple of players. Jace Lewis, Sammy Akem, two seniors on uh, the Grizzlies football team, one on the offense, one on the defense. Here's a couple questions and questions and answers with them from the press conference Friday. For, for each one of the players, start with Jace, what was your guys' reaction to this? Because like Coach said, you guys have been preparing a lot, so to know that uh, it's at least delayed, uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, going into fall, going into fall camp, everything was so unknown. But I think everybody had like a idea that, I mean, it could happen. But we just kept preparing like it wasn't going to happen. But but when Coach Hawk told us yesterday that they postponed it, I mean, I feel like every senior had the same reaction. It was pretty like, I mean, shocking a little bit and. I mean, depressed because everybody wanted to play this fall. We have a really good team, like Coach Hawk was saying. So, I don't know, it bummed me out. I know that. So, I mean, you think about the the work we put in starting in January and just the the endless hours that we, we commit to this game and to this university and just to everything that we put into this program. It just It's just tough that we're not going to get to see the, the fruits of that labor right now. It's like Coach Hawk told us this morning, I mean, or I think it was actually yesterday he told us this, but um, patience is a virtue. And right now, that more than any time, that is the most important thing. So we just really need to practice patience and just, just know that our time will come. And trust me, our time will come, and we will be ready when that time comes. Sammy, it seemed like coming out of last year, uh, an incredible amount of motivation for this team, especially your senior class. Um, how does this add to that level of motivation? Like you said, patience is a virtue, but does this continue to fuel the fire for, for you and your fellow seniors? Most definitely. I mean, when, like I said, when we put in the work, that just builds our motivation. That just builds our want to to get out there and to show what we we, we can do. Because, I mean, like Coach Yuck always always tells us, I mean, 
nobody last year was satisfied with where we we got. Nobody last year was happy with where we got. I mean, yeah, it was a step in the right direction, but we have way more work to do, and we know that the only way we can do that is by going out there to show people what we're capable of. We're not going to be able to do that by talking. We're not going to be able to do that by taking videos and all this stuff. No, it's the only way we can do that is going out there and beating people week in and week out. So whenever they give us the time to do that, whenever they give us the place to do that, we'll be there. Uh, Sammy and Jace, like, would you guys rather try and play in the spring or just skip it and just play fall next year? Um, man, I, I think if if it was my decision, I'd say fall. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to play in the spring, but we don't make the decisions, so that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm with Sammy. Uh, I, I mean, I don't I don't know about the spring, but, I mean, if it happens in the spring, then it happens, but I'm more for the fall. Coulter, I want to ask you about this because, uh, you know, they, they they just said, like, whatever it is, what it's going to be, but, you know, fall, fall is when football is played, and that's when we'd like to play it. I mean, it's when it makes the most sense. I uh, might... I'm not going to. I'm not going to jade this with my f- f- perspective here. I'll offer it after I just ask you straight up. Okay. Okay. Do you think that there's going to be football in the spring? No chance. See, I don't. I, I think would, that there's. I, I think I'm there's not ready no. To say no chance. I, I think that there's no way that you can figure it out financially. I think the the most important things that people need to realize and remember here is that. All the noise that's existing right now on social media and all the discourse or lack thereof, all the screaming that's happening in our country right now, most of the both most of both sides of this got it wrong. It's not about student athlete welfare. I've heard so many people say this is a low risk portion of the population. Let's roll them out there and play. Well, you can have an opinion on that one way or the other, but that's not what it's about. The other side of this whole thing is that People are missing the point that the two reasons why, and we're going to get into what the Power Five, all the dominoes that are falling at the top level of college mm-hmm. football a little later on. But the number one thing that the NCAA, not as an entity, but as a member institution, the members of the NCAA, the number one thing that they are worried about is the unionization of players and the complete and utter crumbling of the already perpetuated fallacy that this is amateur athletics. Yeah. As soon as players unionize, as soon as players make the decision, that's when the entire model disappears. So the two reasons why I think that it will not happen in the spring are, one, financially, I don't think the Big Sky Conference can exist in its current form without money games and because of the the testing that's required by the NCAA. If you don't have the money games, you can't pay for the testing. If you don't... And, and even if you do have the money games, a lot of schools can't pay for the testing. But the other thing that's going to hit it is some schools at the FCS level are going to be able to afford the testing during the regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, there's not going to be funding for that. Where does that money come from? So if there's no playoff... That money has to come from the NCAA. But if there's no... I think that we're trending toward... All my sources in the Big Sky say the number one thing that the testing mandate is going to do is make the FCS playoff not be able to happen. So if there's no FCS playoff, then all of a sudden if you're Montana or Montana State, your whole entire 
objective, your narrative changes. You say, I don't want to go in the spring because we're not planning for anything. We want to go in the fall. But the other thing I think impedes the spring is the player empowerment or lack thereof and what the players want to do. And so I, 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 I shouldn't say no chance. I think that there's a very, very, very small chance that we're going to play in the spring because I think that everybody involved is going to realize, again, put the virus to the side. It's not about mitigating any form of virus spread. It's not about worrying about anybody's individual health. It's about figuring out a way to maintain the revenue that you already produce through college football and making sure that if, if you're the institutions, making sure the players don't unionize because that will make the entire structure crumble. Um, I am generally speaking uh, in agreement with your perspective on spring football. I think that it's very unlikely that it's going to take place. And I am taking that based on the very football players already saying both on the record in a tepid way and off the record adamantly that they want nothing to do with playing football in the spring. Moreover... I mean, didn't you get the, the impression there from the two Montana players no, that they, they're I mean, going to they, go full force they, into they just, not wanting to play? They in just the said, like, if we ha- if it's up to us, we want to play in the fall, and you know they're they're in this awkward spot when they're asked that question on the football field in front of you know God and everybody to go on the record and and, and say, but they did say that you know, and and look, that's no secret, man. Like this is this is absolutely the way that they that. 99.9% of football players feel that they would want to play in the, in the fall. I'm not saying they're all saying we won't play in the spring. I don't necessarily think any of them are saying that. But if they have a choice, you know, if it's if it's up to them when they're going to play, let's just play in the fall. Get a waiver and let's go play. So that's part of it. You'll hear more from Jeff Choate tomorrow. We, we still have the sound for, from him that we'll, we'll play you here in just a moment. But in that conversation... Uh, he thinks a real problem, the turnaround, and I couldn't agree with him more. Like, how are you going to finish up a season, have enough time to rest, recover as as a group and a body, and then get back into fall camp and play a fall schedule? And he said the absolute number one thing is that we don't sacrifice the fall of 2021 for the spring of 2021. Exactly. When it comes to football, and I, I agree with him in that, but especially in the state of Montana, man, you can only start but so early. I mean, they were already go- trying to start this earlier than is even probably possible to be played football in, in the last month of February. I mean, that could be the coldest month of the entire year in February right there. It's, it's, it's not Davis, California. You know what I mean? It's not even Cedar City, Utah. This is, this is Montana now that we're talking about with two outdoor teams. You know, it's not Idaho that's cold too, but it doesn't matter because they're inside. So these are real problems and it matters more because these are the flagship schools by the way eastern washington in that outdoor boat as well so that's a problem and i i think and and to bring this full circle and what kind of spawned this thought in me in addition to what uh, uh these two players said one of the things i think especially from kent haslam that we've heard is like one of the, the the real points of consternation with the NCAA and just sort of in general is just just tell us what we need to do so that we can figure out a plan on how to do it. Exactly. Now they've got this plan, quote unquote, to play in the spring. Yeah. But I don't think the plan is is 
particularly viable, and I'm not sure how many people inside any institution, if you were to ask them off the record, think it's all that viable. Exactly. And so I'm wondering if we really do have something that we're working toward right now, or if this is just sort of a, I don't want to call it a facade, but it's it, it, there's a certain veneer quality to this because I don't think that, that there's buy-in from the coaches and the players and even the administrators that even this is a real thing, that they're going to put together an eight-game schedule in nine weeks uh, like 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 uh, athletic director Ken Haslam was talking about last week, yep. and they can have that, but will it mean anything? Because they had a schedule here, and it obviously meant nothing. I mean, September 5th, right, was the big day, and then, and then that day disappeared. And so I just wonder, you know, at what point does this look – I mean – this is the next day. This is the first day we're on the radio since the announcement of the of the suspension of the fall. So I don't want to sit here and start doing that whole thing, but I am doing it because it, it, it already feels to me like the idea of playing in the spring is is does not have the backing and is already wrought with logistical problems. There's been a lot of leaks. Out of the conversations by the Power Five, the ADs, the commissioners, the presidents. Number one talking point they've said is twofold. If we're going to postpone and or cancel, we have to figure out a way to, one, explain this accurately and articulately to the student-athletes, and we have to give an accurate why. You've been saying this forever. You've asked Tom Wistershill this. You've asked athletic directors, everybody you can ask. There hasn't been given a why. We know what's going on on the global perspective, but no one has explained to us what the actual why is. And why is that? Because there ain't one. But there is one, and no one wants to say it's money. It's the almighty dollar. Yeah. And that's the problem. And so... I thought the biggest statement that was made that isn't a direct quote was Montana not not pursuing their non-conference schedule. Do you really think the University of Montana is just going to not play two home games in the spring? I think that it's going to be full force that some of the powers that be are going to start lobbying for no football in the spring because they're going to want to push it even farther because, again, the biggest way to lose money in this situation is to start and then stop and or to do something without the full breadth of your capabilities at hand, right? So you need to figure out a way to play all your games in front of as full of stadiums as you possibly can. And I have no idea how that's ever going to become more realistic in the spring than it is right now. But here's the thing. You're you're imagining moving the spring to, to next fall. Yeah. That ain't what it is. The fall, in theory, right, let's just say, is happening of 2021. Right. So the spring is a total addition to that. Sure. You know, so you've already yeah. lost out on the fall of 2020. So sure. every home game you play in the spring is just a net plus Sure. in that respect. But again, if you're not playing for anything, and also if the... Like, that's the whole thing is that you're not playing for anything. What, what, the what number one feedback doing? I've gotten from ADs and administrators in the big sky is that the testing protocols are going to make the playoffs nearly impossible. The, the, the testing protocols, want, at the point that you get to an NCAA-sanctioned event, which their championships are, have, have to be taken care of. Just like the travel the travels on teams and institutions during the season, then when it's playoff time, the NCAA, sure. they sure. book the charters, they but, do the thing. But do you think they'll do that? Yes. You, you do. 
I mean, I think they, there's, I think they, there's, I think there's, they don't have to though. They do not have to. They could completely cut t- ties with the FCS playoff and say this is not worth it to us. We don't make enough revenue off it. Oh, sure. You guys go organize yourselves. No, that's you're you're right about that. They could cancel. They could just say, they could just well, say we are no longer the logistical not. body that manages the FCS playoffs. Right. But if if they're not. They're also not the 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 the, the logistical body right, that well, manages. Uh, so you then, know, then the, then who's, the uh, who's who's eligible, who manages oversight, who manages all the things that purportedly they do. You know, no, no doubt, no doubt. And in, in that scenario, then the FCS would make their own protocols or lack thereof. It would be so. the FCSAA or something like that. I, I, exactly. Uh, it's two tell new one is one of two ninety SPN radio. Okay, we will ha- listen to uh, hear from uh, head coach. Montana State football team Jeff Choate right on the other side of this. So that's some sound for you. That's uh, fresh, fresh off the Zoom from earlier this afternoon. So we'll get to that right after this. Boys and girls, the Silver Slipper they are open. Okay, football not open. Silver Slippers open. So go in there. They can sit down inside and outside. They made some changes to help keep everybody safe and healthy. The patio again open. Beautiful weather outside. Go sit out there and enjoy a meal. Enjoy a drink. They're also doing weekly giveaways to local golf courses. So stop in and ask your bartender how you can win. Things are changing all the time. So like the Silver Slipper on Facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information. They have the friendliest staff in town. No matter what's going on in the world or around, they're going to have you be in a good mood. Take care of you over there. It's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time at the Silver Slipper. Visit online at thesilverslipperlounge.com and stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. SWX Montana Television, very annoyed with Coulter and I today, dominating this conversation, leaving no time, just scraps for him. But the glory is you get eight to nine good minutes here at Jeff Chode. It's 2 Tell New One is 102.9 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television. And for what it's worth, shout out to Sean Rainey. We are going to be on both his podcast, which he's just starting, okay, and on SWX tonight, tonight. So... 
It's all full circle, right? It all comes back around. Uh, if you would like to check us out on social media, you can do that at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Uh, all right, Coulter. Uh, Jeff Choate did a uh, Zoom press conference. Again, we didn't have a ton of time to sort of chop this up into smaller bite-sized pieces, so we just did kind of the stuff that we had lined out as talking points, and we will probably bring you some more sound from this tomorrow that will be, uh, you know, even more informative and and, uh, and fun and palatable. I will say this, Coach Choate, who we know, you know, enjoys... Enjoys talking to the media. I think I would say enjoys talking in general. He was if you asked him. He was in a great mood today. He's very happy. He had a, they had a practice today, which was more of a what did he what did he call it? It was like it was like Sandlot meets Dancing Bears or something like that. I can't. I don't remember exactly the references. But in any case, they had a good time to uh, be the, the have have what. I guess is going to be their final fall practice, at least for the time being. Uh, but he, I thought, had a lot of good things to say and uh, was was in an overall affable mood. So here you go, conversation uh, from a portion of it anyway with Jeff Choate. The spring season obviously coincides with all of uh, NFL kind of stuff, and there's always you know kids that have a look and pro days and combines and drafts and all that stuff. How viable is it to have a season ongoing with, with, you know, maybe some NFL aspirations as well trying to happen in that same space. Right, and I, don't, I, I think the NFL will adjust. I mean, I think if you've got the Power 5 playing games there, you, you know, it's it's going to be a non-issue. Now, you are going to have, even even whether it's the spring or the fall, you're going to have a handful of guys that have already got the tape as juniors and they're already projected as a first-round draft pick. They're going to opt out anyway. Um, it's kind of like almost what you see in bowl games, right? Where you know, hey, I know I've, I've got my tape. I, I'm I'm good. I know where I'm at. I'm not going to risk injury. And so I think that there's going to be. Um, I, I think the NFL will adjust. I think they'll move their combine back. I think they'll move the draft around. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, if you have a free farm system, you're probably going to adapt to what they need, and that's what the NFL has. So they shouldn't be really complaining about anything. Yeah. Jeff, sorry if I missed this part, but are you guys going to continue to practice in the immediate future here, or are you guys not going to practice in the immediate future? So, so you know, we're going to get to October 15th or 16th and wait till make sure everybody in the country is done practicing, and then we'll stop so that we can okay. the FBS national championship too. So, no, um, <laughs> no, we're 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 we're, wrap, we're, we're wrapping things up. Uh, we wrapped them up this morning, kind of had a rookie scrimmage, and like I said, it was a lot of fun and. Um, let these guys get out of here for a little bit before school starts next week. Well, on that note, I mean, the college football calendar, like you said, it's become this breakneck. Everybody's got to be doing everything to keep up with the Joneses at all times. Now this gives you a little room to breathe, which might be spun as a positive. But on the other hand, you've been training for nine months looking up to that September 5th opener, and now that's gone. So how do you hope your guys adjust mentally just in terms of staying motivated or even when they do hit the field again? Yeah, I think that's why whatever we do has to be really well thought out. I don't think we can jump back into this kind of limbo that we've been in for, for quite some time. And and maybe that's the best argument for if things are not pretty clear by, say, November, um, that might be uh, the best argument for just saying let's go to the fall of 21 because I do feel like we're going to lose some kids potentially, uh, but we're going to lose a lot more if we if we keep them on this hamster wheel and nobody knows what the heck's going on. And so I think whatever this next move is, is just really critical for our game in, in, in the short run. 
Um, in the long run, I think we'll all kind of get back to, there'll be, like I said, there'll be some changes that take place in college football. And I think that the game will survive this, this pandemic and, and some of the other things that are going on within the game. Um, but it's going to take a lot longer to get it back if we keep screwing up and meaning that we keep the, the indecision creates the anxiety and will force a lot of kids to say, you know what, I'm good. Last question for me. Uh, in the spring, as we know, when sports were canceled, the NCAA granted an additional year of eligibility to those uh, student-athletes. If there was no f- no football until next fall and something like that came about, how much – is that viable in football? Because there are so many more scholarships, and it really is predicated on, on guys graduating so that that next class can come up and come through, unlike, say, track where you have – a handful of scholarships that are kind of split up and they kind of be massaged a little bit more, whether that's even a possibility, I don't, I don't know, but what, what is your perspective on something like that? Well, that's a really, like, even when we were going through this originally, that's the back end question that's going to create, that's going to cause the most discussion, I think, because if you do the track, the spring sports model where you grant even a fifth year senior, a, a sixth year waiver, um, what are you going to do? Are you going to expand scholarships by a certain amount? Right. Are you going to make everybody stick to the 6385? How many are you going to be able to carry on your roster? Um, there's a lot of that. And then again, the back end, like, what are you doing with your class of 21? And so, you know, if they're going to allow us to do this, it's not going to be a one-year fix. It's going to have to be carried out. Like you're going to have to be able to t- kind of taper your roster size down over a period of time. So, um, I have heard of a model where that's kind of the idea that you would get us, you would, we got to settle on a number first, right? Okay. You can carry this many extra scholarships for this one semester. You can't do it for the year, but for that one semester, like for us, um, it would be like eight and a half, 8.6, something like that, because we are equivalency sport. Um, but we would have 44 seniors. Okay. Right. Like everybody else is going to have a lot of guys too, but like that's, we have a huge junior class as it is because of, you know, Troy, you know, redshirted now Isaiah is going to redshirt, you know, I mean, so you're going to like, we're going to be like, that doesn't look so bad. Hey, we're opening a brand new facility in 21. We got 44 seniors, you know, but there's obviously the back end problem and that's going to take some time to get, to kind of weed that out. So we got to, first thing you got to do is get to decide on the number. What's the maximum number of scholarships are you going to allow them to expand to? And then the head count, how many guys are going to be able to be on some kind of scholarship? So, cause it's going to have to go from 85 to something. And then um, what's your roster limit going to be, which is usually imposed school by school. But I think you're going to have to have a, like a number that everybody's operating under. So you don't go play, you know, James Madison has 200 kids on their roster and you're limited to 104. You know, that's not going to work. But if everybody says, Hey, we can go to a maximum of 130 in the fall of 21, and then you got to go down to 120 in the fall of 22, and then it's got to be one, you know, and then you're on your institutional number after that. And so I think it's going to look something like that. Thanks, Coach. You mentioned um, just the hierarchy that is college football. And I agree with you so much in terms of what a lot of people think of college football. They're, they're only thinking of not even just the Power Five, the top of the Power Five, you know, the top of the heap, the top 40 schools in the country. But there's so many different realities in other parts of college football, including financially. Have you thought about the way that this might impact the Big Sky Conference and the FCS as a whole? Because it seems to me if we don't do this right, there's a lot of schools that could just say football is not worth it for us, kick the can down the road. So have you thought about the way this might impact the league as a whole? 
Yeah, I have. And, and, you know, I don't spend as much time on that, but I do talk to guys around the league. And, you know, we all, I mean, it's no mystery that Portland State struggled for a while. They rely on two money games every year. They're not going to get those. Okay. Um, Eastern Washington, not just within their athletic department, but their university is really in a tough spot right now. Um, enrollment has been decreasing. It's, you know, they're just, they just haven't been able to kind of to, to, to draw as many kids to Cheney as they once did. And so this, the thing that scares me is this becomes a reason to bump down to division two or a reason to cut football. And, um, on some of those campuses they don't need a lot of a reason and this might be enough. And so, um, it's going to change the landscape of our league, but you know what I think it will do. I mean, my gut tells me that, you know, places like Eastern aren't going to stop playing football. They've got too much of a proud history and tradition there. Um, you know, place like Northern Colorado, that's really in a tough spot right now too, but they have a, they have a good history and tradition. Maybe we will see an adjustment. You will see some, everybody was trying to get to division one to chase the dollar, right? Cause they knew they could get those money games and all this kind of stuff. Well, maybe you're going to see an adjustment where people come back down. You're going to have teams kind of fall back into maybe their original place. You might see a, a place like Northern Colorado down the road sometime going back into the RMAC where they had so much success and won national ch- championships as a D2 school. And so maybe that's what you're going to see. And that's a possibility. Now, if we want to make some money, like if we're talking about the almighty dollar, I've got a great idea. We can go to Butte, all right? And we can get a thousand tickets for the Bobcats and a thousand tickets for the Grizzlies, okay? And we'll charge 10 grand a piece for those tickets, okay? <laughs> and it's winner take all. There ain't no 50 50 split. This is winner take all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see you there. <laughs> Why does he think that we wouldn't have $10,000 to buy a ticket to the game? Where would he get that notion? <laughs> you know? Because we were wearing the same shirts every single time we Zoom call with him. <laughs> I mean, I wear my shirt. Yeah, that's what I want. Why wouldn't I? It's the shirt that I got. Uh in any case, a lot of ground to cover uh, with with Coach Choate there. And again, there's there's more that we will bring you uh, tomorrow, and we have a, a little bit more of a chance to edit some of that stuff up. But again, I thought you know, if if you have an opportunity to read what he said in the Athletic, it is very well worth your time. He did touch on that uh, in answering a, a question earlier in this uh, Zoom call, and. You know, he, he went on the record and, and unloaded both barrels, as it were, in terms of uh, where he thinks the the failings are of college football, of the administration of college football, of the NC2A, of what is in fact important, that being money and not what, you know, not, and, and everything else is just the auspices of which to make the money, you know, Look, you know, be, to, to, to distract essentially from that underlying and ultimate fact, uh, and I think that he got into you know a little bit of that here, it elsewhere in the, in the call, and also though in talking through all of these you know different things with him. When you say, hey, you know, can, can the spring even happen? He's like, well, yes, <laughs> it could, but. I think there's I think there's some real issues with it that we're going to have to take a long hard look at to pull off. Hey, what's going to what are you going to do now? Well, I don't know. Ride my boat a little bit maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll go elk hunting for the first time. He was very reflective, man, when Sean Rainey asked him about 
what's it going to be like to wake up on a Saturday in the fall? And he's like, man, I've been playing this. I've been playing football since I was eight. I'm 50. I mean, this is what this is. This is the whole rhythm of my life. It's something completely different. And it's bizarre. And you know, it's bizarre for it's bizarre for everybody. Like, obviously, if it's your profession, Mm -hmm. it has direct import into your life. But part of what football is is the, is the fabric of this country one of the one of the pieces of this country that I love not football per se though I love football but the what it is about the the sort of elemental level of the seasonal change that it is and how it works into that rhythm and that is not just me that's thousands i would say millions of people it's not everybody it's not it's not it's not an absolute fact like the the the, the movement of the sun but or I guess the movement of the earth, as it were. Well, we're all moving. But the uh, it, it is something that has always been there. And, you know, probably it'll be there with the NFL. It's teetering right now for the FBS. But it ain't there at this local level, which is the level, the place and time at which it has always been there for, well, since the Second World War. It was the only other time that it wasn't there for the last 120 years. and And now it's not there. And it is... You know, it is something that everybody who cares about it, who's interested in it, who enjoys it, has to sort of make a real adjustment about. I think that the the thing that has given me the most angst and frustration about what we've gone through over the last five months is... The lack of perspective that people have taken when it comes to what the quarantine and COVID-19 has taken away from their lives. I can't tell you how many texts and phone calls I got over the weekend with people saying, bro, I'm so sorry. I know you love college football more than anybody. Like, are you doing okay? Hmm. What's going to happen with your radio show? What's going to happen with your business? I told every single person, I'm not sad one iota about this stuff getting canceled because I think that on one hand, everything you just said is what's so wonderful about college football, the turning of the calendar, the end of a, of the summer, which is always a melancholy, bittersweet thing in Montana, but then the renewal that you feel with the fall and the colors changing the vibrance of being on a college campus. I mean, we were joking with Kent Hausman and Bobby Houck about this. They were saying, Man, you only get to be in college once. Coach Alex said, how many of you guys would go back to college? If you had a chance to go back to college, all of us, raise our hands. Of course we would. And yeah. I, I can't said, isn't that why we do this? Because we get to be around young people. And that's why we do this, right? Because yep. we get to be around young people. We get to be around the vibrance of it all. And that part I will certainly miss, but it's not going to be gone forever, just like Coach Choate said. But the thing that just gives me so much internal angst is the fact that you can look at every single scenario and all the things that have been taken away from our lives and you can be mad, you can blame the world, you can politicize it, you can weaponize it, you can do whatever you want. But if you have perspective, there's a positive angle to literally everything. And it makes me so sad that most people haven't taken that yeah. approach. Yeah. I hope the people that are just dying, I mean, I, you know, my phone was ringing off the hook on Friday when I was with you. People saying, say it ain't so. What am I going to do on Saturdays? Well, that's what I want people to adjust into. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool things you can do, man. Go hunting. Even if you don't want to kill anything, don't even take your gun. Go walk a field up on the high line. Yeah. Go go traipse through the, the pintlers with your old man. You know, there's, there's ways to 
turn this into a positive. But that's the thing that just drives me crazy because what at the end of the day, what Choate said is so right. The system is broken. See, what's happening in college football, it's really sad, especially on the small school level because it's going to impact so many sports across the board. But what this is revealing about the disgusting nature of the exploitation of the highest level, man, it was going to break at some point anyways. I hope that this is the thing that makes it not break but readjust in a proper fashion. Exactly, and I think that's the silver lining if you're a football fan that we are in a moment now where there's an opportunity for significant change going in a direction that is better, that is sustainable, which the old model, it, it isn't sustainable ultimately. Can't be. It's 2 telling one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. We'll get into a, a little bit of prep sports. Can we, can we still do that? High school championships, both A and AA in high school state baseball over the weekend. We will tell you what happened there, and uh, we will uh, get you also set up a little bit on what's happening with the health department and whether there's going to be postponements, cancellations for fall sports at the high school level as well. Hey, if you're looking for some place to eat, go to the Silver Slipper. Silver Slipper on the south end of town across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Great location. They have a liquor store in there, a casino. There's a bar restaurant as well. Great food great drinks. There's things that are changing all the time, as we know, so you can like them on Facebook for all your up-to-the-minute information. Also, of course, they've got spaces in there for you to be socially distanced, separated. they got a new cleaning schedule. they got disinfectants, all that kind of stuff, so that you can be safe and healthy with your friends, family when you go out there to eat. You can eat on the patio. If you'd like to stay outside, that would be excellent as well. And guess what? They're doing weekly giveaways to local golf courses around town. So go in, ask your bartender uh, what those are all about, and see if you can't win yourself a little bit of free golf. I never heard anybody. The Silver Slipper, they're all about tasty beverages, having fun, and enjoying themselves through any period of time. That's why they always have the friendliest staff in town. Go in there online, thesilverslipperlounge.com, for more information and find out why they are Montana's best-kept secret, the Silver Slipper, across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. Do I say it too fast? Is that my problem? Do I need to slow down? One two nine one zero two point nine FM. Uh, okay, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what you're asking. Why were you implying that you say it too fast? I don't fast? know. I just said it and I kind of stuttered over the words and I realized sometimes I just, you know, I get going. I get, you know, I have terrible handwriting and I've always assumed it's just because my, you know, Brain works fast? My, well, and my body works slow, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe the same is true uh, with the speaking side. I just got to take it easy, relax. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, if you would uh, like to follow us along on the Twitters, you can do it at Skyline Sports MT at 1029 ESPN. 
and at Gus Tutel. Uh, you can also uh, go ahead and check us out on YouTube. What do you think about that? Howdy, YouTubers. Got one very faithful YouTube watcher on the East Coast. Shout out to him. Uh, ready for some new commercials. No, nah, no chance. Uh, here is the deal. It's time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer's State Bank. Farmer's State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And uh, don't forget, you can get a new mortgage loan started right over the phone or online at FarmersEbank.com. Okay? So you can uh, get, get a lot of houses being bought and sold and so forth and so on. Get that process started right away easily with Farmer State Bank. Coulter, uh, there is sports over the weekend in the state of Montana. Championship sports, as a matter of fact. The AA State, not Legion, but Legion tournament happened in Billings over the weekend. And guess what? The Bozeman Bucks, they are your back-to-back state champions a 5 nothing win over the Helena Senators they scored 5 runs in the first inning goose eggs both sides for the rest of the way but Bozeman rode out a shutout and an explosive well explosive outstanding performance uh, by uh, by the pitcher for the Bozeman Bucks Hunter Williams Back-to-back complete games in the state championship game for Hunter Williams pretty good bragging rights as he goes into college shutout complete yeah, game yeah, two hitter only walked two, struck out eight. Uh, masterful performance. They would they wouldn't have needed the five run first inning. All he needed was one because yep. uh, he was dealing. It was one of those ones I was following on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I mean it was over before he even really got into it because the kid was just dealing. Just well, and when you get a five run cushion right off the get, it's like well, and then you give up luck. two hits. Yeah, pretty darn good. Uh, Hunter Williams headed to Whitworth, which has become mm-hmm. uh, a good place for a lot of the Bozeman Bucks. A lot of uh, of their players have gone on and had great success uh, at the Division Three level. You know, in Spokane. Uh, a f- uh, they have a decent baseball program there at Whitworth uh, College. Uh, not necessarily as good as the Pacific Lutheran University baseball program, but pretty good. Uh, so we could just note that if we could. Uh, also, uh, by the way, Bozeman was the number one seed in this whole thing, so they rode this thing all the way to the end. So congratulations to them. Class A. The Billings Blue Jays, they are your state A champion, 11-1 to over Lewistown. Uh, so credit to Tom Weil, uh, Wiley on that uh, for having that score uh, there on the uh, hashtag MT scores. Appreciate that. So congratulations to Billings and to Bozeman in uh, A and AA, respectively. Suchel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We went really long in the last break. We got to cut this one off here. It's here. Farmers State Bank prep extra segment. Farmers State Bank online at farmersebank.com. Your Montana Bank since 1907. Hour number two straight ahead. I got a blind side for Coulter. We're going to talk a little bit of FBS football. And also, in a half an hour from now, you're going to hear one of the great, great stories about my dear friend. It's Coulter. not even good. There's no real layers or details. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 